What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Muted. Only the host can unmute your line. Raise your hand using star 2 so the host knows when you want to speak. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our Friday night fellowship and Bible study here on YouTube and TalkShoe. Um, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tonight, and it's just one of the primary chapters in the Word of God on the judgment seat of Christ, along with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, with elements relating to it as well in the book of Revelation in chapter 3. And a few more places that we'll get into next program in part two. We're just going to do, this will be part one in chapter three. Paul lays out in the first part of the chapter about this bunch of um, carnal Christians he's dealing with. And people don't even understand what carnality is. Paul's fixing to explain it in the first few verses. A lot of people think immediately when they think of carnality, they think, oh, that's somebody that that uh, it drinks too much or blah, 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 or something like that. They got the wrong. That That is part of it. But that's not what Paul jumps on to them, jumps, jumps on the Corinthian church about. It's It's got a lot to do with pride, as we'll find out in just a minute. But anyway, before we get started, Brother Dave, before you open in a word of prayer, I want you to remember... Brother Brian Adams had surgery this week. Brother Tony Adams' son. I, I forget what the um, the um, operation was called, but they had to break his nose completely, break his nose, and and there, for some reason they can't give him enough pain medication because it causes it to bleed. So he's in real bad shape, and I want you to remember him, please, when we open in prayer okay. tonight. Okay. And yes. remember the other um, um, prodigal sons as well, okay? Yes. So if you will, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer, brother. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come tonight with thanksgiving. We come to open the book, to study the Bible, to exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bring pleasure to your heart, Father. If it be possible for us tonight, I pray that the Spirit of God, anoint Pastor Don to teach and anoint me to read the Word of God just the way you want it done. I pray that you lead us as we go through the scriptures and bring scriptures to remembrance to Pastor Don. And Lord, tonight I pray that this message would touch people's hearts, change their lives, cause people to be born of the Spirit of God, cause people to repent and return. Lord, I pray for prodigal sons and daughters everywhere that your people, Lord, who are called by your name, Lord, would humble themselves and pray and confess their sins and repent and come to you and return to you and fight the good fight of faith along with us. 
And tonight, Lord, I lift up to you, Brian Adams, who's gone through surgery and, and you know the exact deal, Lord, that his nose had to be broken in this process of surgery. And Lord, there's tremendous pain. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that that pain is lifted. Yes, Lord. Miraculously, the pain is lifted. And I pray for a miraculous healing, Lord, that it would happen quickly. Not like in the miracle healing overnight. I, Lord, that it would just he heal so speedily, Lord, within days, the healing would be imminent, just so obvious that it's something going on there that's beyond man, and that the Lord Jesus Christ get the glory for it, not any doctors, not any medication, not any care of man, but that the Lord Jesus Christ himself get the glory. And Lord, I lift up to you, Brother Chad, who used to read here on the show, and I pray for him and Maureen yes. up there in Manitouage, that that you would continue to use them, that you would continue to teach them, bless them, and help them to repent of anything they need to repent of. And Lord, I pray that they could serve you up there and have their online ministry and touch hearts and lives and cause people to enter into the kingdom of God by being born of the spirit of God through preaching. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that their work be blessed up there. And I pray for all those tonight who come, Lord, that or hear this message later on YouTube or Facebook or on TalkShoe. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that Indeed, they're changed and serve you in a greater way. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. 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 And like I was saying, people, before um, Brother Dave opened in a word of prayer, um, chapter three is one of the most unique chat, one of the most unique chapters because it brings up something that you've got a whole pass on. Excuse me, my microphone fell. If you'll excuse me a second, I've got to fix it. Um, it, it. It talks about the judgment seat of Christ, which a lot of people only believe there's a general judgment and one general resurrection and people's sins are weighed against their good deeds and some go to hell, some go to heaven. And the Bible don't no more teach that than nothing in the world. That's a lack of study and it's a lack of uh, biblical understanding of not rightly dividing the word of truth. And it's just, um, it's mainly Catholic doctrine. The Catholics are the one that started the mess and then, and it, it, it rolled over into mainstream Protestantism and um, held a pretty good stronghold for quite a while until some great Bibles, until you opened some great Bible students' eyes to start rightly dividing the word of truth and seeing that two things that are spelled different are not the same. And especially two different contexts are not the same. One is called the white throne judgment. The other is called the judgment seat of Christ. They are not the same. Excuse me again, my microphone fell. I apologize. I thought I had it fixed properly, but as usual, I can't see what I'm doing, so we'll hold it right there. Maybe that'll work right there. Anyway, so, well, uh, just hold with me, folks.
I'm trying to get it taken care of. Sucker. Let me see if that falls down there. Can y'all hear me still playing right now? Yes. Okay, I'm just gonna let it hang there. If as long as it don't get in my view, I'll be fine. Anyway, Paul's gonna is talking to this carnal church, which it is the carnal church, carnality, fleshy, carnivorous. That's where we get our word carnivorous from. It's fleshy. This is a fleshy church that's worried about fleshy things and not spiritual things, as Paul's fixing to so plainly say. And people get the wrong idea. They don't even have, if you ask a person, what's a carnal Christian? Well, somebody that's gone to church most of their life, they're, oh, that's somebody that, that smokes or drinks or somebody that goes to the clubs and stuff. No, we're going to find out that's not what Paul says it is. Now, that's part of it. It leads to that stuff. That's part of it. But carnal, a carnal Christian covers a wide string of things, and Paul's going to hit home on what the root cause of it is here in the first few verses. We're not going to be here long tonight, um, and I really do mean that. I'm not going to get long-winded and, and go off because this book, if I taught this book correctly, and I'm not saying I'm not teaching it correctly by what I'm doing, I'm just doing what I have to do because there's nobody going to sit up all night long and listen to me go through it chapter by chapter, verse by verse. It'll take 24 hours because the stuff Paul mentions about in the first of the book, he starts laying it out in the rest of his letter and brings the brings the, the stuff up which is later on in the letter he warns about them talks about it first and then starts laying that one by one by one it brings this stuff out later on in the letter and if i run references on every single one by the time we get over to say chapter seven eight nine ten eleven which a lot of time we get over there we'll be done been through the same thing four or five times that's if, if I did it correctly, that's what I'd have to do. It'd be a 24-hour broadcast or longer with me running the references back and forth, not only to 1 Corinthians, but to 2 Corinthians as well, as, plus, as well as other parts of the Word of God where you have other witnesses to what he's saying. So after having said that, we'll get started, and pretty quickly you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Brother Dave, First Corinthians okay. chapter 3, verse 1, brother. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Okay, right there to begin with, at the start. Paul wants to talk, sends this letter to the Corinthian assembly. He wants to talk to them like spiritual men. He wants to talk to them like they've grown in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, but and 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 have gotten past the silly things that um, accompany the first parts of Christianity. Once a person's born again, like a, when a baby gets is born into this world, it cries and squalls and and you know wants to get fed, wants his way all the time. If his way's not 
taken care of. In other words, it's all about him or her. Oh, that'll preach. A babe only thinks about itself. And Paul is likening these Corinthians to babes, not as unto spiritual, like they should have grown and forgotten they're supposed to be dead to self, but like a, to a bunch of babies that still have to have milk instead of meat, still sucking about bottle sucking babies. And he starts giving off a few, giving a few of the uh, illustrations of why they're that way. And it may surprise some of the quote unquote brethren out there. And once I show you this, the people you listen to on YouTube, you're going to find out that 99% of the folks you listen to are carnal. You'll be able to tell by the actions and what they say. One of the truest, one of the truest evidences of born again Christianity is one word, selflessness. Selflessness. If their life's built around theirs and their own and them, that's nothing but self, their babes. I harp on it all the time. I teach and preach about it all the time. And so a lot of it's just fluffed off like it's not important. Oh, it's very important. Because it's when you boil it down, it's the most important characteristic of a Christian. It's bigger than faith, hope. It's charity. And Paul deals with that when we get to 13. See, already I could run a reference and show you what I was talking about. This is what I meant by this whole book needs it needs to be taught at one solid solitary time, just like it was written as a letter to be read to the church at one time, not in pieces, to where the whole thing would hit, boom, at one time. But selflessness is one of the most, is the most unique form to be able to tell about Christian growth. The more selfless a person is, the more you know how things are working on the inside. The more the person deals with their own likes and dislikes and wants and, and this, that, and other, the more you know that they're not. That's the reason you hear make me making you hear me make fun of those people that that oh well I like this and I like that and I want this and I want that and I think this and I it's not about I that I supposed to be dead buried with Christ raised to walk in newness of life and you're not going to you're not going to get out of it trying to use excuse trying to throw the blame on family. You're not going to get it. It will never work with God later on in this chapter at the judgment seat. <laughs> it, the dog will never hunt because you'll be judged by the motive 
and that motive digs down deep inside those with that invisible strain between charity what's real charity between mo what real motive is and what fake motive is when we get to first corinthians 13 i'll like i said i'll do my best to try to <clears throat> spiritually cite these two words don't even go together but i'm going to use them together spiritually and psychologically explain to you what charity really is because charity is not an act done it is an act done with the flesh but it's not now that's counterintuitive that sounds totally contradictory but it's not it's the motive and that's what you'll be judged by at the judgment seat of christ in matthew you got a bunch of people standing on the lord standing in front of the lord that says lord we've cast out devils and we did all these mighty wonderful works in thy name he's going to say depart from me i never knew you one of the scariest verses in the word of god Unless you just pick out a few chapters and that's all you think about, it's just this few chapters out of the Word of God, and that's what you adhere to, and you think you know the Bible. Well, I got news for you. You don't. We're all in a learning process. None of us know it all. We're in a learning and growing process, growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be. We're supposed to grow into the image of Him on the inside and he was totally selfless and he gave it all including his life and his blood with the faith that his father would raise him up and it's his faith that saves you it's not yours so on this carnal stuff let's see what paul has to say about it he said, I wanted to talk to you as unto spiritual, as or as unto spiritual men that had grown up to, a, you know, a, a growing congregation. Now, he didn't, in contrast, the Ephesian church, Paul never had to deal with him about this kind of stuff. I'll bring this stuff out to you and show you the differences as we go on through the New Testament. Is the Philippian church, he didn't even have to even hint at it. He hints at it a little bit in, in Ephesians because Ephesians is a heavenly book. Ephesians, are there, they're talked to in a spiritual manner, like they're grown up in the Lord. That's the reason there's such heavy doctrine there. And to some of you, and to some of you that listen to this, you're going to think that some of the stuff that we talk about here is heavy, heavy meat, according to Paul, it's milk. According to Paul, it's milk. In other words, if you didn't know about it, you've been sucking on a bottle full of air or not obeying the command to study or not following the Spirit to lead you to the right person to show you the truth. That's what God calls us for, you know, calls us preacher teachers for. 
people have got forgotten what it's like. They've forgotten what strong teaching and preaching is like. If they like to be pampered, they don't like to hear somebody scream and holler. They like soft, smooth voice, like the serpent beguiling Eve. Not saying you have to get rant and rave all the time. That's not what I'm saying at all. I don't even get that idea. That's not what I'm saying. The spirit lets you know if you allow it to. If you if you understand how to separate the spirit of God from your own spirit. So Paul wanted to talk to these people as unto spiritual men, but nope, he had to talk to them as unto carnal. Next verse, brother. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. He's saying he's not even able to teach, to teach you meat now because they're still bickering and arguing about their gifts. If you're in the bunch about the gift business, folks, that's why I come down so hard on it. Because Paul comes down hard on it. Peter don't even mention it. Neither does James. Neither does John. In his in his letters, Paul's the one has to get everybody straightened out on the mess. And if you all these mega churches that everyone's got this and one's got that, no, oh, they're flip flopping around and oh, this is speaking in this tongue and this is supposedly interpreted in that tongue and. Oh, this is laying hands on this, and this is jumping out of a wheelchair and running around, and it, that's it's nothing but a farce. It's confusion, and God's not the author of confusion. That's exactly the way Paul puts it later on in this book when he deals with those people. So he says these people are still so wrapped up in what we're fixing to see in verse three. That he can't even feed them. He can't, they're, 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 they're still not able to take the meat. And like I said, as we go through here, this is going to be T-bone steak to some of you folks that listen to this because you ain't never heard none of it before. Like I said, you've been, you've been faked off with your baby formula. <laughs> it hadn't been formula at all. It's been some kind of chlorinated fluoridated water you've been drinking it sure hadn't been real milk of the word of god or you would have grown to where you could take the meat of the word of god next verse brother for ye are yet carnal for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions are ye not carnal and walk as men will you please repeat that again for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? In other words, there, there, they, and there's envy and there's strife and division among them, and they're not walking like spiritual people would walk, like a born-again Christian would walk. Their Paul's liking them to the lost. Do you not walk like men? That's through, that's what he's that's what he's referring to when he says like men. He's talking about 
unregenerate man. Yes. That's exactly what he's talking about. There has to be a change, folks. There must be a change. Verse four. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and so who one, is Apollos? So one says, oh, I, I'm, I'm a Paul. I, I don't listen to nothing Apollos says. The preacher says, I just listen to what Paul says. The other one says, well, I'm a Paul. You know, he used to kill Christians, and I just listen to Apollos. He's more educated. You know, he, he talks eloquently and he's not rude in speech. His not speech is not contemptible and he's not rude like Paul. See, they accused, Paul will tell you later on they accused him of being rude and his speech was contemptible. Paulus was eloquent. So that's just one little bitty thing, them picking sides on who they listen to, okay? Go ahead, Brother Dave. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even there as the go. Lord? There you go. All us preacher teachers are, are nothing but ministers that were called to do a job. That's all we are. Nothing more, nothing less. No different than you, except a calling. Sinners saved by grace have the same passions, desires, wants, likes, dislikes, same lusts we have to fight, same desires we have to fight, the same pushing back of ourselves and putting others first as, as everybody else. No difference. When put on an even scale, only the ones that spend time in this book and spend time with the Lord and go through the experience, the experiences of life and are taught by the Lord. And the Lord has worked in him both the will and the do of his good pleasure. That's the ones that you need to be listening to. Not these 21, 22 year old wet behind the ears, wet nurse babies right out of Bible school that couldn't that couldn't tell you any more about persecution or pain or suffering than than the pie pot bellied liquor head could. Go ahead, brother. Even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollo's watered, but God gave the increase. Okay. Paul preached the gospel to him. Apollos came behind him and added a little bit of watered the plants like planting them like husbandry or like growing a garden. Plant the seed. Paul planted the seed. Apollos came high and put water on it. And then God brought forth the increase. God gets the glory. Apollos and Paul were just the ministers. Paul planted the seed. Apollos watered a little bit, but God gave the increase. Verse 7, brother. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Amen. 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 
God, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where the glory belongs. All glory to God. Okay? And I don't mean hallelujah to God either. Because hallelujah means glory to God. You don't say glory to God to God. So all the people that think they got something special, that run around, hallelujah to God, hallelujah to God. All the word hallelujah is a universal word that means glory to God. You don't say glory to God to God. That don't even make any sense. It just think you make makes you think you're spiritual if you say that. And it ain't nothing to it. It's the same the same word. Okay. Just thought I'd throw that in there in case you've heard it. And I'm sure you have. But God giveth the increase. Verse 8, brother. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Okay. Each one, back with something we, we may have missed back up here, back in verse, let's see, where was it at? Uh, go back and start in verse 5, brother, and and come down to there again. It was, it was right. kind of subtle. But when Paul's talking about him and Paul and Apollos being ministers, he also is talking about the ones that are in the congregation that God has callings on their life as well. And it's real subtle, and you'll miss it if you don't pay close attention. Go back up and start at verse 4 and come down through there. Okay. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believe, even as the Lord gave to every man? Ah, yeah. see there, that he gave to every man. So each one of you has something to do for God, if you're called of God. How many times have I said, happy is the man that finds out what God wants him to do and does it? You're not going to find out unless you look and pray and search the scriptures. Paul tells you how to find out in Romans 12, 1 and 2 and 3. You're not going to find out what that calling is. You may fall into it and not even realize you're doing it. That's a possibility. But to do it the way that the Lord wants you to do it, you got to actually understand that God has his hand on your life. Used to, this was a big deal. These days, this don't mean nothing. You're not called to God unless you went to an accredited Bible college somewhere and ordained by four stuffed shirts and ties and had a little olive oil put on your head or something. You ain't got no college. That's not what the Word of God says. The calling and the knowing, all that stuff comes from God. And Paul's speaking to these people, they're all ministers, see, that God gave to every man. See how, see how easy that is to miss, Brother Dave? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead and start verse 6, continue on. Okay. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. 
Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Okay, here we're getting into the context of the judgment seat of Christ. So Paul started, started out talking about them being carnal and everything and telling every man he's got a calling. And he's saying, God, ultimately, the one that gets the glory for every bit of it. But each man, even though God gets the glory for it, because God's called him to do it, the way he does it determines a reward that he gets. What a God to give you a gift of salvation for free, giving you something you didn't deserve, and then turn around and rewarding you if you do it, if you do what he calls you to do and do it right. That's an awesome God, isn't it, Brother Dave? Amen. Every man will receive reward according to his own labor. Verse 9, brother. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According we to are, ye are God's building. Okay. I want us to stop right there. I'm like one. We're fixing to finish. But I'm going to make one cross reference, Brother Dave. I ought to know where I'm going to go. Second Timothy 2. Okay. Your God, this is a cross reference to Second Timothy 2. Okay. And you can drop down there to where it talks about, you can start where it says, um, this a faithful saying, you know, for God knoweth them that are his. The foundation of God standeth sure. It's foundation is, you'll, you, you'll notice the word foundation comes up again in this very chapter. And he's talking about a house, the house of God. The household of God is what he's talking about. So go ahead and read 2 Timothy 2, start verse 11, brother. I guess that's where it's at. Okay. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Now, what he's denying, what he's denying, let me explain it unless some of you folks can't, are, not, are unable to distinguish English. He's denying them the reward. It's not got nothing to do with salvation. It's reward because they're all in his body, the ones he's talking to. They're baptized into him. You know that because of the very next verse, it says he cannot deny himself. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, for ye are the body of Christ. You understand that, Brother David? You understand what yes. he's saying? Mm -hmm. Okay, continue on. Of these things, put them in remembrance charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. 
And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Okay, you have the ability to depart from iniquity. If you name the name of Christ, then you're his. The Lord knoweth them that are his. Continue reading. But in a great house, there, there are not. Okay, there we go. There it is. In a great house. What house? The foundation. He just mentioned the foundation of God. The foundation of the house of God. The spiritual foundation of his body, of the body of Christ. He mentioned foundation. He's going to mention foundation. And the building. That's right, a building. The building mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. He calls his household in Galatians. Do, let me, do good unto all men, but especially those that are of the household of faith. A household has to have a house to have a hole in, okay? <laughs> A yeah. household is a house that you got a house for the household to be in, okay? So let every man that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Keep on reading, brother. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth and some okay. to honor. And some to dishonor, right? Yes. Some to honor, some to dishonor. Okay, as we go through this book of Corinthians, we're going to see vessels of honor, we're going to see vessels of dishonor because it's the body of Christ. And they can do some wicked stuff, but they're Christian. They ain't just stealing, they ain't just lying about your brother. And they, it's not just necessarily throwing discord, even though that's one of the things God's hate, one of the, the seven things that God hates the worst. Got nothing to do with whether you go to church on Sunday or not, even though he would like for us to, to when we assemble to study the word of God, he expects you to be there. That shows your motive and your love. See, when we get down to the most, see that motive, brother, that motive is going to kick you between the teeth. It kicks me between the teeth. It's going to kick your heart straight up in your mouth when you spiritually think about it. But in a great house, there's many vessels, some to honor, some to dishonor. Keep on, brother Dave. If a man, therefore, purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and yep. prepared unto every good work. There you go. That's the simple, that's as simple as Paul could put it. You have the ability to do lay aside this envy, this strife, this carnality. You have that ability. You have the promise. That there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. 
but will with the temptation also make a, make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We'll hit that in Corinthians as well. This is God's household. This is the body of Christ. And ye are members in particular. In a great house, there's many vessels. Some to honor and some to dishonor. And if you'll purge yourself of uh, that wood and that all the bad stuff, you'll be a vessel of honor meet for the master's use. And God will be able to perform that within you what he wants to. But he's not going to do it against your will. He's not going to do it against what you like. I don't care if it's your beautiful grandbaby, your granddaughter, grandson, your wonderful wife. I don't care. Mostly it's you. It's what it is. And me. Mainly it's ourself. We're our own worst enemies. I've said it till there's a said machine just keeps on saying it and say it behind my head back here. It's the you look in the mirror, you want to find the problem. Because we pick and choose what we think we can get away with and what we like. Oh, God likes that. I like that. So I'll just do this all the time. No, let me give you a little, let me give you a hint how, how you work on this thing. Okay. Find something small you know is wrong. Do you know God don't approve of it? And just say no to it. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross daily and follow Christ. Do it. You may not be able to say no every time. But the more you say no, the easier it'll become to deny yourself. It's denying of self, folks. It's denying of self. Why on God's green earth would you ever get any idea that God expected you to live here on this earth, three score and ten, and have everything suit you just fine, and then die and have everything suit you just fine for eternity? What on where in this word of God could would you could you possibly come up with a doctrine like that? except rest in the scriptures to your own destruction. And that's why those big mega churches are filled, because that's what they teach. That's exactly what they teach in different words, different ways, slithering like a snake, twisting the word of God, changing the word of God, taking away from the word, adding to the word, that's the way it's done, folks. It's not done outright, just outright. It's slippery snaky, like I talked to you about the other night. That's where Satan gets his most victories, is among Christians. Hey, you don't need to mess with the ones that's his. That's his. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. He don't need them. He's got them. The only time he may raise his head to rush to them is when they hear the gospel and the wooing of the spirit comes in, starts wooing them toward the Lord. That's when he'll raise his head. Oh, you can wait till tomorrow. You can do it another time. You know, you need to, you got that appointment. 
You remember you promised your kids you'd take them to the ball game today. You don't need to listen to this. You know your son will be mad at me, mad at you if you don't do this. And you've got to keep up good character before him. Remember, he he he's looks up to you and he's going to mold himself after you. See, so I can't tell him a lie. Even though you're being told to do something by God, you'll justify it by claiming it's the right thing to do to go against God. It's done every day by millions. The right thing at the wrong time. Duties never conflict with God. You may think they do, but according to the book, they don't. And according to God, they don't. Deny self. What did you deny yourself today? What did you deny yourself? That you've done got adjusted and used to giving yourself all the time. Hmm? Have you have you set up your budget according to God, or have you set up your budget according to your according to the world in your own in your own flesh? Have you done that? Have you which one? Which way has it been? That's just a small example. You ever lost an hour of work to go out of the way to talk to somebody about the one that gave it all and died for you? Also clear in Romans chapter three, four, five, six, and seven about denying of self, how important that is. And especially in Romans chapter 12, presenting your body as a living sacrifice. You know what a sacrifice means? Giving up something that you normally wouldn't give up. And that's just your reasonable service. And that helps you prove what the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God is for your life, for him to be able to reward you like we're going to talk about in part two here in first corinthians chapter three folks you want truth you want doctrine true doctrine i'm i'm laying it on the line right now to you i'm giving you as straight as it can be given to you now we all have these battles to fight but how many we win my goodness sometimes you got to win some Denial of self is the toughest thing because this dead corpse that you live in as a born-again Christian will do its dead-level best to try to convince you that, no, it's really alive and you owe it something and you owe it nothing because all it is is full of sin. Paul tells you that in Romans 7. When he says, it's no more I that do that bad thing, it's the sin that dwelleth in me. Not sins, sin that's in our mortal body. 
read one more verse, brother, and we're stopping for tonight. In First Corinthians? Corinthians? Yes. Okay. Okay. Verse 10. Verse 10. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. There you go. There you go. Paul is the one that planted the seed of salvation. Paul is watered a little bit. He's talking about the foundation of God, talking about the body of Christ. And Paul said, take heed how you build on this foundation. And we'll go into building on this foundation. And we'll go into the yeas and nays and the rewards and the and the penalties. Sunday night, Lord willing and help permitting. Is there any questions? Um no questions in the chat. Okay. If there's no questions, Brother Dave, go ahead and dismiss us and be sure and pray for Brother Brian Adams again. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks for this evening. I thank you, Lord, for reminding us of our service to you in our putting down of the flesh and offering sacrifice and giving up those things that encumber us and prevent us or hinder us in our service to you or make us slow in our service to you father yes, in the name of jesus i pray for the ability to love you more and to desire to do the things that you ask us to do and to put to death the fit deeds of the flesh to deny the flesh and tonight lord i also lift up to you brother brian adams again and I know, Lord, that you love him and you lo love the Adams family, Lord. And I know that you're with him even now. He's your son. He's born of the spirit of God and you're there. And Lord, you said wherever two or three are, are gathered together in your name, there you are in our midst. And Lord, we're gathered together here. There's four of us. And then there's Brother Adams, Lord we ask in the name of jesus us for here right now ask standing upon your word that if we believe anything being touched by you it shall be given lord and we believe that this can be touched by you now that this pain in his body can be alleviated currently presently immediately yes, lord. as you desire and i believe father in the name of Jesus, I believe the Lord Jesus desires most often, but there are times things don't happen. But I believe, Lord, that you do do these things. And I believe that you do them for your purposes and that you can be glorified and that people can be remembered who's in charge. Yes. And I thank you tonight, Lord, that the hospital and the Adams family will be reminded who's in charge. Yes, and Father. we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I also pray that um, people that listen out there, Lord, would support the ministry and that they would be rewarded in their service in the next world, Lord, at the judgment seat of Christ. I pray that you reward them there for their tithes and offerings to Pastor Don, for their gifts to the Lord Jesus Christ, 
through this ministry. And the contact information for Don Spears ministry is telephone number 334-397-2333. The email is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. And as always, you can go to PayPal and you can enter respect to the Lord at yahoo.com and you will see Don Spears ministry and you can make an offering by a card or you can transfer from your bank account, whichever method you want. The mailing address where you can send cards, letters, uh, photographs to pray over, offerings by mail, 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017, 36017. Don Spears Ministry Sermon Times. We're on talk show exclusively now, Friday and Sunday night. Time is 6 Central or 7 Eastern. That's talk show. It's the address is forward slash forward slash www.talkshoe, T-L-K-S-H-O-E, talkshoe.com forward slash studio forward slash 49713345. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you Sunday night. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I appreciate your your patience being here. Folks, listen, um, did, this kind of preaching and teaching is not popular. You won't find thousands and thousands of people listening to what you've heard tonight, and especially what you're going to hear in part two. You, you're, you're not going to, if you did, you'd see not that it's got anything to do with me or anybody that would preach this. It's got to do with the words of God and the spirit of God using his truth. Amen. That's where you'll see revival break out. When people start denying their self. You're led to see in church that we'll mention Sunday night is the most selfish church that the Lord dealt with. And they make him sick. And the time period we live in now is that time period right now. We live in a Laodicean period right now where everybody is rich and increased with goods. See, you take that word rich and you immediately apply it to somebody that's got more money than you. That's not what that means. It's got a deeper meaning. Then there's none of you that I'm talking to right now that missed a meal today or if you did it's because you wanted to if you did miss a meal because you didn't have the money it's because you didn't call me or you didn't get in touch with any of us to try to help you that's what we're about the more you learn to deny yourself the more you'll grow in grace and knowledge of the lord jesus christ like paul said the lord loveth the cheerful giver and as the Lord Jesus Christ himself said, it's better to give than to receive. The reason he said that, because he had the forward look, the eternal look, where he goes to prepare a place for us, and that where he is, there will be also.
and praise God for that day. I yes, love you, Lord, and want to see you soon. May your grace shine upon everyone that listens to this program, Father. May your word burn in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night. Amen. Everyone. Good night, everyone.